is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joe, my host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we have the Brighton Hove Albion match review uh, right before the turn of the year. Uh, so we'll be working through all things that, uh, but nothing like a, a mid-afternoon match on a Wednesday, Dan, to really just get your juices flowing. Is that what we're calling it? Getting juices flowing? I don't know if that's I'm trying. what happened here. I'm trying. We need something. I think there was a lot of midweek anxiety that uh, typically comes from a hectic work week that was crammed into 90 minutes of... Almost pure anguish, Nick, and uh, I say that as the person who tries to be the most optimistic on this show. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just, it's been nothing but bad for uh, about the entire month, and, you know, I just, it's it's hard to, hard to get past the in-the-moment stuff, but, but yeah, I felt, felt like today was an inflection point in the opposite direction, unfortunately. Well, we can obviously deep dive into a few of the topics. We're recording pretty close after match time, so this will probably be a little bit more visceral. But uh, that won't stop us at all in talking about what worked and did not. Uh, lots of changes from Tuchel that we'll jump into. But first, Dan, let's get a temperature check from the fam out there with the three-word match review. Well, there were uh, quite a number of, uh, you know, charged three-word match reviews. So we'll run through those. Uh, I did uh, break... The rule, which is I typically do not like to put the overly profane ones in here. But uh, today felt like a good way, a good opportunity to break the glass case and just pop in there. So McLeasy with Reese's and Pieces, Ultra Ernie with Flock of Bullshit, Mark Clements 225 with Fuck, Just Fuck, Grant with Four Fucking One Ones, Def Jux Daddy with Highway Fucking Robbery, Southeast Blues with Mike fucking Dean, Jonathan with Dean, Remains, Peerless, Clayton with Out of Gas, Chris with Open, The Wallet, JT with Final Third Blues, and CFC Gums with Should Have Played Halo. And you know, the new Halo's good, so I, I can understand that. It would have been a good decision. Got it. So we're transitioning to a Halo show. Uh, we, we could do that. I mean, I could talk about it. Do we need to go into an in-depth review? I mean, it might, might make people happier yeah. <laughs> we're about to jump into the this is definitely the uh, the responsibility we signed up for. Not that we we like it, but uh, I went with festive fixture fatigue for obvious reasons. Uh, I listened back to the Matt Law pod you guys had the last two that I've missed, unfortunately, uh, and obviously a lot of talk about that. And the um, it seems a little bit ceremonious the Premier League chairman meetings and the manager and player meetings that the Premier League held in the last week or so, because uh, uh, here we are. Uh, one of the only, one of the few remaining teams that have missed zero games, which is awesome. Uh, so, anyways, Dan, what about you? Fumes and fuming, because we were running on empty, and our Tuchel was rightfully aggrieved and angry during his post-match press conference. Why do you have a comma after fumes? Are you just being smarter than me? <laughs> yes. yes. Boring. Nick, what about you? Well, to play off yours, Brandon, I went money is safety. Uh, as we talked with Matt Law about earlier this week, the only reason these matches are being played is because teams don't want to hand back money to the sponsors and 
TV broadcasters. And so when inevitably these injuries happen, just remember, we have a pile of cash at least. So it doesn't really matter if the players are hurt as long as we have that pile of cash. So good job, everyone. Yeah, and especially sensitive because this was like the big weekend in Amazon's package over in the UK. So uh, pretty much Amazon bought their package for this round of matches and people are home and able to watch. So if you were to cancel these, uh, obviously that would have been a huge chunk uh, out of the Amazon deal that would have most likely have to been paid back. So yes, there's a classic, classic situation that we felt all too much during uh, the, the 2020 season when the pandemic first hit. So, uh, real quick, we do have some shout outs. So Dan, another five-star review, which I'm not really sure how, based on the amount of pods we've done this week, that there's still more. They keep on coming in and you know what? Just channel that anguish into trying to put some positivity back into the world and drop a five-star review for your favorite Chelsea podcast. London is blue. Like, OCOPR from the U.S. who gave us a wonderful five-star review. And if you're listening on Spotify, you also have the opportunity to leave reviews now, not necessarily ones with words, but with stars. And uh, we're currently up to 245 star reviews on Spotify. So keep that coming. Add some positivity back into the world. And uh, then we'll get back on to, you know, just wallowing in misery for the next, you know, 20 or 30 minutes here uh, as we try to do a short one and not uh, be too much of the man screaming at the heavens. I, I find that to be a pretty helpful exercise, actually. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, but let's jump into it. So it was Brighton Hove Albion in the Premier League this past Wednesday, the 29th of December at Stamford Bridge. Loved seeing a packed house at the bridge with many familiar faces on social media posting their presence. And in case you somehow missed it, Chelsea won, Brighton won was the scoreline. Goals coming from Melu Lukaku in the 28th minute. And uh, former Arsenal player, uh, Danny Manchester Danny United player. Yeah, and Arsenal. Oh, that's actually. right. I'm, was, I think, in, from I'm talking Anyways, over Brandon. Doesn't matter. It was both. Uh, Manchester, former Manchester United player, uh, Danny Welbeck, 90th plus one minute. I believe this is the first time he'd scored against Chelsea in his 10-year career. So uh, great. Super, super thrilled. So let's kick it over to the fifth stand app, the uh, official app from Chelsea FC for the highlights to run it back. And we'll hit you with the lineups. Here we go. Sanchez comes again. It was a firm hand away, but not very far. It's off the post. Away it goes, it could easily have crept in the other side though. Bright and lucky, Rudiger! Playing this time safely by Sanchez. Kovacic looking for Romelu Lukaku. One-on-one with Byrne. Lukaku to Mount. Sanchez equal to it. Well, it's an interesting one, a tight call to be an offside. Tony Rudiger's got to be really alert about what's going on when they attack down that side corner. In towards Lukaku! Yeah! He's back all right! Romelu Lukaku with goals in successive games. We're struggling in the centre midfield as well. Mope in behind Chalaba. Neil Mope! Closer and closer Bryson get. But it remains 1-0 to Chelsea. Chelsea just need a second goal, that's all it's going to take to kill this game. Kovacic, Lukaku will try and supply it. Just couldn't get the strike away. Not as good want anyway, it is out for a goal kick. It's got to be a corner, surely. It's a 50-50, isn't it? Could have gone either way. Here it comes. Lalana, Kukureya. Chelsea have got to keep their wits about them here. In towards Welbeck, it's 1-1. Oh. 
feet coming but Danny Welbeck jumps high into the air and Bryson make it 1-1 time is just about up here and indeed there is the full-time whistle as they finish 2021 with a draw here at Stamford Bridge it finishes Chelsea 1 Bryson Hove Albion 1 Dan, lineups, uh, this has definitely been, I think, uh, one of your star performances throughout the show recently with all the changes and the adaptations. I mean, your ability to weave through uh, multi-change lineups without any hesitations. I just want to give you a quick shout-out. It's impressive. Oh, well, that's, no rinse that's so nice. It, look, it uh, doesn't happen often on the show, but uh, appreciate the... Second time in 701 episodes where Brandon Busby has provided positive praise to me on air. Anyway, it was Ed Wamendi between the sticks with Antonio Rudiger, Andreas Christensen, and Cesar Espelcleta as your back three. Reese James, Christian Pulisic paired as wingbacks with Mateo Kovacic and Jorginho as the midfield duo, which was their midfield, question mark? Uh, Romelu Lukaku, Mason Mount, and Callum Hudson-Odoi were your front three. Keppa, Saar, Barkley, Saul... Ziesch and Havertz, unused substitutes in this match. A full bench, a full bench with one keeper. Uh, we did see Marcus Alonso, Trev Chalaba, and N'Golo Kante make substitute appearances, though. Chalaba in for Christensen, who went out injured. Uh, you also saw Marcus Alonso come in for injury as well to Reese James, which we'll talk about as well. And N'Golo Kante coming in to try and close it, but did not get it all the way done for Calum hudson Adore. Barely half the bench is fit, by the way. Barely half, five out of yeah. the nine are fit. Yeah, I mean, what, Kai just returned to training for, like, a session. Ziesh with fitness, so is probably fit. Uh, same with Barkley, not really sure. Ingle Conte, obviously not. Trevo, obviously not. Uh, Alonso, you're trying to string him along for as long as he can, which backfired because Reese is out. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, not a great situation to be in. Uh, some of the top-line match stats from this one, Chelsea... Actually, with only 47.5% possession at home against Brighton, we had 11 shots, 5 on target to Brighton's 18 shots, 6 on target. So, so far, we have not won any of the statistical categories because they had more touches and more passes than us. But we did break even on tackles with 23 apiece. Uh, we had 27 clearances to their 19. Usually, you want that to be the opposite. We had 10 corners to their 8. We had 1 offsides to their none. Four cautions for Chelsea seemed like uh, very easy to be cautioned uh, for the Chelsea players today to their one, and we conceded 14 fouls to their seven. So at XG philosophy, uh, bringing in a little bit of a hard pill to swallow with Chelsea having a 0.72 expected goals to Brighton's 1.04. Good news, we uh, overachieved, Nick. Bad news, we drew. They battered us. I mean... You want to you want to call a spade a spade. They absolutely battered us. They probably deserved to win, uh, just based on their performance. They clearly looked like a team who had uh, not played every single match to this point, had not had the COVID situation that Chelsea had, and they absolutely battered us from minute one to the the end of the game. They looked like they were up for a fight. We looked like we were trying to evade punches and. I'm honestly surprised that the 1.04 is all they had for next year. I mean, 
I don't know. Credit to the defenders throwing their bodies in front of the shots, I think, is probably the biggest reason for that. Uh, a lot of block shots, but unfortunately, a lot of scrambling defensive efforts. Uh, the one random stat from Naz that I kind of ruined already was that this was Brighton's first league goal at Sanford Bridge ever. Which I mean, means that they have scored on, zero, zero league goals at Stanford Bridge prior to today. Uh, and then uh, the NPET shithouse mode of the match, Nick, also helped Naz helping you out on this one. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of time wasting after, you know, one of the the corners or whatever. It it's hard to like really care about that right now. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of there were we pulled out all the stops and it didn't work. So, you know, all the shit housing. You know, I think John Dolazar sent me one with Rudiger just staring down every member of the the Brighton team before the game in the tunnel. Clearly, that fucking worked. So, I, you know, I just don't really care about it today. Uh, well, Joe Tweed's expected bodies, his XB, I just put Lukaku, Dan. I felt like uh, he definitely got the most bodies uh, playing like a, a postman down on the low block, you know, getting his base wide uh, with the defender wrapped around his back. I'm surprised that we didn't have a, I guess these Nike kits must be superior because I was expecting a Costa style rip to appear with the way that Dan Brun and others were basically clawing at him trying to bring him down it was quite comical in a a terrible sense given the fact that ultimately you would have anticipated maybe maybe nick that eh, might dean card somebody or whistles occasionally in favor of lukaku who basically is being impeded um almost every time he's going for a ball 50 50 yeah I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll talk about the refereeing here um, in a minute, so I'll save my my big rant till then. But yeah, I mean, uh, Lukaku used his body super effectively today. I mean, he he really looked up for this, and he was about the only one who did. I think him and Mendy were probably the best best that we had on the day. So. Uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed with how he shielded himself from burn. I was really impressed how he bounced burn off of him on the run. I was I was just really pleased for him uh, in just about every facet of his performance. And he deserved uh, a lot more out of this game than what what his uh, effort gave. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into all that before we do. We're going to take our ad break. Uh, that way we can run the rest of the show without any interruption. So thanks to sponsors for financially supporting the show. And we'll be right back. Uh, also. Uh, Patreon is bumping. I was quietly watching the Match Day Madness thread today, but if you you know you are looking for someone to connect with on Match Days, go do Patreon, sign up, get into the Discord, uh, and more episodes. We have end of year episodes. We uh, Nick and team did the Chelsea Women's end of year episode. We're going to be doing the Chelsea Men's uh, end of year episode as well. So uh, yet another pod coming your way somehow, even though it's Thursday of this week. Uh, there's still a weekday, so I guess we might as well plug it with a with a podcast. So. Uh, first topic we're going to jump into, though, is just how, like, how, how did this happen? There's probably a lot of different uh, ideas and, and options and ways that this could have gone, but uh, we just couldn't go the distance. Um, and we talked a lot about the fitness level and our boy Andrew was at the match. And I think a lot of people looked at it and just said, Chelsea looked ragged, Nick. Uh, you said we were just looking to avoid punches earlier in your analysis. 
Um, we talked about the bench not being fit, the starters not being fit, Reese James having to come off early, uh, Christensen having to come off early. It it just seems like a very vicious cycle for Chelsea right now. Yeah, I mean, it felt pretty early on. I don't know how you guys felt about this, but I, I love I love the sport of boxing when it's not rigged, which is almost all the time. <laughs> but um, it, it felt like there was one boxer continually throwing punches and that there's another boxer who was just trying to stay alive uh in you know it's it's not to say that Chelsea were like this was our worst performance of the season or whatever I think we played worse actually um (laughs) than this but I, I just don't think we one I don't think the team was healthy enough to put together a full 90 today. I don't think there was any, you know, even if you would have placed all of our fittest players in the lineup, I think we would have really struggled today. And then two, I just don't, I don't think they looked like they were up for a fight. Uh, And I don't blame them. Like, I I don't, I don't blame Tuchel. I don't, I don't, part of the reason I'm just kind of like, whatever right now is like, how could you after all this? I mean, it's been, this is our ninth match of the month. We've played every, what, three days um, of the month to this point. And, you know, the players have gone through various stages of COVID. Uh, the vaccinated ones have come back quicker. No surprise. And they just look shot. They look completely gassed. And we have one of the biggest squads in the Premier League. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But I just don't. It it does. It did not feel like Dan. This was this was really a fair fight. A fair fight, and uh, to me, I, you know, there are a ton of reasons behind that. But you know, just based on the performance today, it just kind of felt like we were trying to survive. Well, Brighton has played five matches the entirety of December. They have played in the past two weeks. Uh, two matches. They played on the 15th of December. Then they played on the 20, uh, 26th of December, uh, versus Brentford. And, uh, yeah, then they played today and any bit of extra rest or fitness has been key in this window. So I think for me, I'm frustrated at how Chelsea has been required to continue to press forward. And we talked about this with Matt and the fact that, well, we've got Barkley and we've got Saul and others, right? Yeah. hundred percent, you know, understand that there are additional players that we have available to us. That we have a big squad, but it seems as if the premier league has loosened their viewpoint in what has become a reschedulable game since the first instance of rescheduling these for Spurs and then United and then coming to us and saying, oh, no, 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 hold up, wait a minute. We're not going to do that for you. And then now it's flipped back to, well, wait a minute, abundance of caution, you know, Everton Newcastle's game has been postponed because newcastle has covid plus injuries which we had covid plus injuries then you run into the fact that now we're because we're continuing to play we're continuing to be put in situations where we want to be which is we want to 
play and compete in every competition we go into. We want to advance and we want to get forward. We want to win trophies that we are in potentially, Brandon, the worst injury crisis that we have witnessed in the time that we have been doing this show. <laughs> 701 episodes now. Yep. I can't remember a worse crisis for Chelsea when it has come to injuries. And on the back of that, we're seeing other sides reap the benefits of additional rest that are making them sharper. And so when you see Chelsea on the pitch today, I am not surprised that we can't press when you have players who are one training session back off of COVID, two training sessions uh, or a single training session, plus two matches back into the starting 11 for 90 minutes. It just doesn't, we are not going to be able to compete at the level that we are expecting. There's individual questions that you could still ask about individual performances and about some of the, the shot selection, the finishing. It's completely fair. But I think there is a large, large context conversation that has to be had to frame this because I think it's unfair to just jump in and be like, this player, this player, this player, sell them, bin them, they're worth this much. They're not even worth like a, a you know a transfer fee. Get them out of the club. Like that is ridiculous. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, it's an adversarial time for Chelsea. Uh, I think we played the most matches in December of all teams. I think I counted Liverpool and City played eight, which is still a lot, you know. But obviously, Liverpool's gotten a week off, and I don't know if City have or not. Um, I think City's played the same amount as us. Yeah. Well, they got knocked out of EFL earlier, so we were. Oh, helpful. true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so same Premier League one. matches. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, it they plan the first, we plan the second. So you know, we get the benefit. You know that they won't, but uh, it, it's just um, it's a grueling part of the calendar. I don't think you can really lay blame at Tuchel. I don't think you should be blaming blame at the players. Right. Like. They're doing the best they can in this situation. You never can predict injuries. Uh, we never could have predicted this many, um, you know, COVID cases and just the whole situation of, you know, caution that is. You know, we started the season back in August. Uh, I think we felt in a pretty good place for the most part. Fans are back. Um, we're not talking about weekly COVID levels in the Premier League like we were a season before. So, you know, things were feeling better and now it's absolutely just collapsed around the league uh you know and, and rightly or wrongly Chelsea haven't been the beneficiaries of getting a week off like most teams if not all teams so uh the the shitty situation is that um injuries compounded with the COVID situations compounded with this crazy festive festive period of fixtures with not allowing five substitutions has put Chelsea in this situation I I would like to say that I think a lot of this is out of Marina's hands, out of Tuchel's hands, and the players' hands. And, and I mean, right now, it, it's just survival, you know. Um, I felt like the effort was there towards the end, Nick. I felt like Lukaku was tracking back as best he could. Pulisic was putting in defensive effort. I felt like the players were committed to the cause. It was literally just a I'm out of fucking gas situation yeah. yet again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at look at the midfield, for example. You know, much maligned, and of course they were not good today. So, like, let's just put it out there: they were bad, misplaced passes, bad positioning, the whole, the whole lot of it. Jorginho's been playing with a back injury all month. Kovacic is now two games back from having COVID and a bum hamstring. Right, that's your midfield today because you can't play Ingolo Conte for ninety minutes 
it seems like maybe for the rest of the year, who knows? Um, and Saul is not deemed a good enough player to feature. Basuma absolutely ran them over today. Both of them just absolutely truck stick. Both of them. It was not a fair fight. Uh, you, you look at the wingbacks. I mean, Reese really struggled against Lamptey before he got hurt. And then for whatever reason, they stopped passing the ball to Lamptey, which was a gift. <laughs> uh, and then Lamptey goes off. So Alonzo doesn't have to deal with his speed, but you know, Pulisic hasn't really played wing back in a stretch of games before. So this is his second, you know, or I guess his third 45 in a row of playing wing back. So 90 today and 45 against Villa. That's a whole different position than playing up top. It's a lot more running, right? Big Rom is now back from COVID and back from a really bad ankle injury and has now played his first 90 right after Tuchel said that he couldn't. I mean, Chelsea are in this, as Dan said, Chelsea are in this really bad position, which no one should feel sorry for us about, but but that I think we can be honest about, which is uh, the club, uh, it seems like, you know, um, unless they protested the... I think they have protested all the matches or whatever. So the club knows the advertising dollars are important. So does the league. So they're incentivized for, by that. Tuchel is incentivized to win every game that he goes into because if he doesn't, there's a chance he could get sacked because we've seen that before. And the players are incentivized to be in the starting lineup and play as much as they can, right? So that flies in the face of any sort of reason or logic as to what the current situation is. And, you know, so you're going to get results like today and you're going to get a competition in the Premier League that is severely, severely tainted now. I mean, there is competition integrity issues all over. Burnley have played 15 games to this point in the season. 15. And it's going to benefit them because they're not in all the cup competitions we are. You know, so they took a break during the busiest time and they're going to have matches later in the season, but it's still going to be one, maybe two a season. Like Chelsea can't do Champions League, Club World Cup, uh, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, semifinals and the league continue to sense like someone's going to break besides the players, <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. we're going to get it, dumped out. It already out has. You just have to. Yeah, well, exactly. It already has. There are plenty of players who at this point in the season you have to question what their availability is going to be in the short term and the long term. You know, we, we Ruben Loftus-Cheek, not back and available. How much rest does Jorginho need to get back to looking like the Ballon d'Or finalist? Because he's not been given a break recently, and every time he goes on international break, he's playing... 60 90 when it was the last round uh, the time before that 63 21 the time before that 90 90 60 like he is playing a ton of football and hasn't gotten a break and golo conte will probably get called up from france and probably play on the next international break because that team is ludicrous um i i, I just oh. I, I don't know where we draw the line and say Something has to be done to prioritize health and safety and competition integrity. And I don't think this is a Chelsea problem to solve. It's clearly a Premier League problem to solve and a club problem to solve. And I think this is where we had that conversation with Matt, Nick, where Tuchel you know, should be upset with the way 
Chelsea as a club are helping to push and combat for a break, for a rest, for a reschedule, because this team could have done with even one match being rescheduled. We saw how it's affected other teams. We probably need more, <laughs> given all the injuries. But just even one match, I think, would have made a substantial difference. But nobody's aligned, right? Like, even in the Premier League, they can't agree on five subs. Tuchel and managers, you know, for Brighton and, and, and Brentford go, oh, we don't have the deep enough squad. That only helps the top leagues. Uh, no one gives a shit, right? Like, like uh, Dyche is only fighting for Burnley matches to be postponed. He's not fighting for five subs because he gets the rest and the relaxation. No one else, like few other teams are being afforded that thing. So again, I think it, it does come back to like a parody of equal, uh, you know, playing field that it doesn't exist. And we are so far out of balance that... You're not helping the top teams and you're sure shit not helping the bottom teams. So now we're stuck that everyone's getting screwed, uh, including the fans as well. So um, this is this is the fun time that it is. I don't know oh. if you want to respond, Nick, but I mean, yeah, well, I mean, what is there to say? I mean, we all know we all know what the deal is at this point. Um, I, I just think. If there is ever a spokesperson for the Premier League or for Chelsea or whoever that said that we're prioritizing player safety ever again. Uh, sorry, I don't buy it. I just don't. I, ju I really don't. Because if you your actions speak louder than your words, your actions would have put the circuit breaker in if you were concerned about player safety. I don't think the Premier League has ever gotten to wear that badge, just ever in general. So... We can kind of move on. I think it's probably like the NFL, right? And the owners and their player safety. So Every statement they come out with is like, oh, but we're really looking up. No, you're not. You yeah, just don't. Exactly. And, and like, and don't, again, we're all smart enough to understand what's going on here. Like we all get it. But at the same point, you look at that product that was out there today. The only reason it was exciting is because it was scattershot. I mean, City with all of their infinite resources, barely edged by Brentford. I, I mean, Quality this is not terrible. In that no, way. this is terrible. I mean, it is really, really, really bad sport out there to watch. And this is supposed to be like the Premier League's like golden compass thing that they have, which is like, oh, Everyone's we have these traditions. Yeah, no one else is playing. And you put that shit out. If, if you had a friend that was trying to get into soccer and you were trying to convince them to watch Chelsea the rest of the season based on these last couple of games, they would have been like, why do you fucking like this? Why? Like, what is this? I mean, it's bad. I mean, it's really a bad product. And uh, I hope the ratings are down. I, I hope that I hope that everything is down for them because that's what they deserve. Amazon's going to be pissed. Uh, anyways, uh, another Sorry, topic, Dan. another topic we're going to talk about that, you know, is a part of this is obviously the refereeing. Uh, I mean, we've been super unhappy with the refereeing, I think, all season, maybe for the last couple of years, maybe even longer. But anyways, this year. Uh, you know, including VAR and the farce that that has continued to be because the Premier League cannot figure it out. Um, you know, Mike Dean today, the very unfamous uh, distant relative of Jimmy Dean, the sausage king, I'm assuming, uh, just absolutely shitting the bed. Uh, VAR not doing a damn thing to help. Uh, Dan, do referees suffer from fatigue like the players or is this just bad quality? I don't know. I think Mike Dean is in uh, end season form, ready for uh, official worst official cup challenge on the way that he is progressing at this point in the season. It was bad. I mean, just B 
be AD bad in terms of how he officiated the game. There were several times where Chelsea players were taken down. There was persistent fouling very much out of the Pep Guardiola textbook of you just foul to disrupt. You foul to not allow the other team. And credit, credit to Brighton and Potter for executing on the strategy. Like they weren't getting, they, they realized from five or six minutes in that they weren't getting punished. They kept on pushing it. They kept on pushing it. They kept getting away with it and they kept on doing it. Because Mike Dean didn't do a damn thing. And then on the flip side, Chelsea does one thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, we're, we're going to have to put that one in the book. And so just the, the, the tone that was set, the decisions never kind of shading in our way, the penalty, which was just a direct kick on the leg, no attempt to kind of get the ball. Um, very clearly a penalty and very shocking, actually, get the way that penalties have been given this season, that that doesn't get re-adjudicated by VAR, that Dean doesn't go to the monitor. But again, it's the PGMLL taking care of each other. Yep. And uh, I mean, it, it, Nick, it, it, like, and then you have Mounts foul, fell that wasn't anything. And at that point, it would have been two nothing and it would have been great. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't know how many times we can say this on the show. I, I'm kind of just bereft at this point, but pool six penalty was 100 percent a penalty. It's a penalty. Whether you like it, whether you think it's soft, whether you think that he fell over to I don't I don't care. He played the ball plat, passed it the opponent. The opponent kicked him. He went down. It's a fucking penalty. OK, I mean, it's just it's this is basic stuff, guys. I mean, it's basic stuff. And. I mean, there there are the same problems that exist. One, the tactical fouling is right out of Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola's playbook. Uh, it, that's what they do every time you play them, and uh, no one seems to care about it. Okay, so you know the game that you're playing. You know the other boxer has, uh, you know, whatever metal in his gloves or something. I mean, that's kind of how it felt. Uh, the second thing is the PGMOL should not be in charge of VAR. They should have an independent body who is looking at these things and is able to overrule Mike Dean because he's clearly inept. And then the final thing is the standard of refereeing is just shocking. I mean, you want to talk about competition integrity issues. I, I'm, I know that human error exists in all sports, right? It does. It happens in every sport. I don't think we're complaining about human error. I think we're complaining about not utilizing the tool that's available to you. And then on the, on the other hand, just how, how can you have this many human errors in one game? I mean, is, is another thing. So it's just, if you're not good enough to be a referee, get out. Well, so they've got 20, 20 different referees have ref in the Premier League this season. Uh, Michael Oliver has done the most matches with 15 out of what? 19 game weeks. So uh, it looks like they have pretty much a top 10. So uh, the top 10 referees have all done a minimum of 10 matches, and then the bottom 10 are all in the single digits, uh, which it looks like, uh, was it Bobby Madley? His uh, his relative Andy Madley is now involved in the game. Uh, but clearly, Mike Oliver, Paul Tierney, Anthony Taylor are the top three referees based on the number of games they, they've been given. Michael Oliver, Paul Tierney, who we've had the privilege of having more than any other team, uh, and Anthony Taylor. And it's kind of funny. You just look at some of these, uh, 
you know, the fouls per match, the penalties per match, the yellows and the reds. And granted, they're all, you know, very different from match to match and things like that. But it's just it's there's not a lot of consistency. And I think if you look at the fact that Chelsea got four cautions today to Brighton's one, that just shows you very blatantly uh, a great case study of the inconsistency. Uh, looks like, yeah, the Tuchel's pissed off afterwards. Uh, Sammy and Cristal talking about the fact that the penalty wasn't even checked. And now they have two injuries again. Naz doubling down, saying uh, Tuchel confirmed his 100% of penalty. Uh, then he also talked about, like Dan said, Mount's tackle that led to him scoring was at least a 50-50 one of Bar to check it. Um, you know, again, inconsistency. When does VAR get involved? When does it doesn't? I, I'm old enough to remember when when VAR went back to to 37 seconds before the goal went in and called fouls yeah. and offsides. And now we're back to, ooh, guy got kicked in the box. Sorry, hands are tied. Not looking at that one. Like, I mean, what are we doing? We're in a point that it's going to be interesting to see because this is another thing that the Premier League and the clubs could advocate for is better match officials, better use of VAR. This has to be on the list of things that the club should be bringing up as we head into the end of the season and look to adopt or improve the competition. Like you got to bring in better officials. You just have to like the, this, this is the best, you know, the quote unquote best league in the world. Um, and there are, it's, if it's going to brand itself that way, it should find ways to continue to invest and, and make it that way. You know, we've seen bar work really, really well in the Champions League. We've seen great implementations of it. And World Cup this, heroes. Uh, yeah, Th- this ain't it, Chief. Like, this is not how it should be done. And uh, Tuchel, congratulations. Uh, I look forward to hearing how much uh, you got fined for uh, wow. calling out the officials after a match, even after they were completely terrible and you're 100% accurate. He, he also said, <laughs> here's another one, uh, just put it on his tab, right? Because I feel like there there could be there could be one coming up. Uh, we have seven COVID cases and four out or four or five out with injuries. How should we compete in a title race? It would be stupid. Uh Everyone else has a full squad and everyone available. I simply don't know what more I can expect from my players. I simply don't know what more I can expect from my players is one hell of a statement. And, uh, you know, we've seen the opposite in the, uh, you know, the opposite said where, you know, these players aren't focused or they aren't, you know, they aren't at the level. They're not champions whatever. I simply don't know what more I can expect from my players is is an unbelievable statement for December 29th in this season. <laughs> and it's hard to see how he's wrong. And I know that, like, Dan, you tweeted out earlier today that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of sympathy on the playing staff for what they're going through and why their performances are lacking. I think it's something that we bring up today because, like, look, Callum just played what 150 minutes roughly after being out with COVID in, in three days, like what, what, what should you expect from him at this point? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, fatigue is real time for recovery is real thing. And you know what? Yes. Could he have passed better to me amount? Sure. Could he have, taking a shot on a little bit better absolutely like that that is a totally fair individual moment in time that you could provide a commentary against but again it is a context conversation and like this one match to me doesn't define 
you know, whether or not a player is good enough for Chelsea, to me, it helps us shape the conversation around what is the expectation we should have for what this squad is capable of without things like reinvestment, without things like sanity within scheduling. And like there are things that Chelsea can control. And right now, the only thing Chelsea can control is improving the squad to mitigate against the injury issues that we have and the trying to kind of convince more players on the team to ensure that as many of them have uh, COVID vaccinations as possible. So you have enhanced player availability. Those are the two things that you could do that are completely within your control to try to make this a better situation. Otherwise, like they don't have much to do, Brandon, in terms of improving what the league is going to do uh, to your point, because they can't control 19 other clubs. Yeah, well, I think that's probably the last thing I just wanted to touch on. I know you guys talked about Matt a little bit, but it's all of a sudden this lone army seems to be, you know, really important. The fact that you can recall players to bring depth and things like that. I mean, look, if you look at the squad, um, you're going to lose Mendy uh, after the Liverpool match for the Africa Cup of Nations. It sounds like Ziyech isn't going because him and the manager have fallen out. Is is Mendy the only the only one heading heading to that competition? I think. Think so, yeah. So big miss, but at the same time, it's only one, right? Liverpool are going to lose Mane and uh, Salah, which is great. Um, and uh, Man City losing Riyad Mahrez off the top of my head uh, that I know. So it's definitely going to affect some teams. Hopefully, us less. But I mean, Nick, there's a couple patches that they have to figure out. You guys were kind of trying to push Matt Law to to personally go sign uh, Tuchemeni, which it sounds like he uh, was not up for. Um, it sounds like, you know, uh, the left back situation, it's, you know, recalling players on loan versus dipping into the transfer market for a player like, um, Dinier at Liverpool. But I mean, some, something has to happen. I feel like Chelsea can't sit and hope that everyone just magically gets healthy at this point. I, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. I, I mean, I, I think the title's gone. I'm just going to say that right now. This title is gone. City are probably going to win it by 15 points again this season, and it's going to be a cruise, and they'll win it in early April again. I mean, it is it, – it's done. There is no there is no competing with them. Liverpool are in the same spot that we are on that. So if that's out, you know, and you're really just trying to hold on to second or third – and the FA Cup's coming up, which you've lost each of the last two years, and three out of the last five times you played for it. Do you really care about that as much? I, I know everyone cares about everything, but like just being pragmatic about the amount of games that we're going to play, I don't give a shit about the Carabao Cup, and I hope if it wasn't us playing Spurs, I'd hope that we'd just be done with that. But now we have to go and play them over two legs, and in the Premier League, just as they're getting strong, which is super cool. Yeah, they they had uh, what two to almost three weeks off. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, you're trying to retain your Champions of Europe status, and like, I don't know, guys, anything can happen in that tournament. So I'm not going to rule it out, but like, it seems pretty tough. So like, I say all that because if you're going to go invest heavily in January, what are you investing for? Are you investing just to be able to spell players? That would seem like a worthy thing to do. 
if you're investing because you think that there's a Premier League title to win this year, I mean, I don't see it. And I know I'm negative Nancy on this and that people are going to freak out and call me all sorts of names. And like, honestly, I don't care. But like it, it just doesn't seem realistic. I mean, City are the best team. They're going to win it again. So you're really going to buy players for the Champions League? Maybe. Maybe it'll work. I don't know. But I don't know. To me, Dan, that just doesn't. I don't think we're going to win that competition this year. So what do you do? I mean, if you have Alonzo as the only left back option, if you then are without Reese for a little bit and now you're putting Asby in as the sole right back option, it probably means someone like Dest, which we did talk about with Matt, becomes more viable because you've got then cover across multiple positions versus Digne, who's a left-sided back defender. Um, but yeah, I, I think you are going to need to sign someone. And uh, actually I saw an interesting shout from, uh, one at Chelsea youth, uh, our friend Phil, uh, who suggested maybe someone like Ola Ana potentially as a death option, uh, bringing him back into the side and, uh, that, you know, back in Chelsea, which could be an interesting shout as well. Well, I mean, you, you have players on loan that you could bring back, just fucking cancel Billy's loan and bring him back right now. <laughs> Norwich don't well, want him. The way that Let's the go. way that Norwich have treated him in the past uh, couple weeks have been uh, playing him with the 39 degree Celsius temperature, um, and then also uh, just basically shouting him off and blaming him, uh, even though he was still rated one of their better players in that game. Just insane. Bring him back. He'd play right now. <laughs> I mean, like bring bring back Emerson. I think that's the smarter move than than Matson. To, to be completely honest. And then maybe go find a, a right-sided player. I mean, Jesus, did did Lamptey look quick today? Holy cow. Uh, between him and, and Levermento, those are two players you wish you had in, in the reserves right now for depth. But, like, yeah, I mean, I I think the question is, do you, Brandon, do you use the resources that are at your disposal, i.e. those players who are in loan, or, or maybe go find a, a low-cost option to help spell because now we don't we don't know what's going to happen with Reese. They announced it as a hamstring on the TV. I cannot believe that to be true. I'm, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. But do you use the resources at your disposal, or do you go buy a bunch of new players in January, which is already a hard market? I don't know. I would like to think that this is a very short-term situation at Chelsea, you know, with Ruben and, and the fitness and the players. So the problem is the longer you go without letting the fitness levels rise, it's never going to be solved, right? It's like if you sprained an ankle and you keep playing on it and you feel a little better, then you go and you get kicked, it's hurt again, right? It's just, it's going to become a vicious cycle. The players need time to get healthy. And it's not like we can go take a week and go to, to Spain for a, a training camp because that is not the, the world we live in. Uh, obviously, Chilwell officially out uh, with uh, an ACL surgery on, on the books. Probably already done by now, honestly. Um, assuming he's over his COVID symptoms. So uh, that's going to keep him out long term. But I would like to think Ruben, um, you know, Jorginho could be if he were given time to rest. Uh, a lot of these things, and especially in the midfield, that we'd be there. But clearly, Saul and Barkley just aren't trusted enough because N'Golo Kante, who has to physically manage his own pain, continues to play, which is a concern. So... Uh, anyways, you know, bit of a, a shit parade, but we don't need to dwell too much. Uh, Dan in the match. No, it was a draw. Yeah, I didn't run one. I, look, I mean, people were targeting, uh, players and I, I really hope that we don't wake up tomorrow with news of, 
uh, you know, of targeted abuse and of abuse uh, on basis of race and other things that um, unfortunately I'm going to assume the worst and say probably ends up happening against certain players in this side. Um, anyone who is out there today, you know, some of them made poor decisions in individual moments, but they're also being asked to do something that I don't think is particularly fair um, in a competitive situation. And so I don't think it's right to, um, you know, slag off an individual player. I think you'd be disappointed with the decisions that they made. Uh, I think you also have to recognize the context. But I would say if you're going to give it to anybody, maybe Lukaku. Um, he had a great center forward performance today. Um, just, you know, really what you want to see him coming back with. Mountain, the second half, was really strong when he got his win back and Conte came in. Conte almost stealing it too with the way that he really created a midfield out of nothing because that's where we were at. And Rudiger had some crazy moments in this match. Uh, Mendy, I mean, like, yeah, there were some good performance. There, there were good performances in the context, not our best performances ever, not the best performances they've ever had, Nick, but in the context, there were some good shouts for uh, positive signs from some of the players. Lukaku, pretty easy for me. Mendy second, the rest. Yeah. Ebbed and flowed again. Uh, sliding scale for these players, unfortunately. Lots of like mixed reaction on Pulisic today uh, at wingback. I thought that dude gave everything that he had today and got kicked the shit out of again. And I don't necessarily think was good or bad, but certainly playing in that role, I, I, I don't think that he was a part of our collective problem today. And in fact, I think there were a few situations where he just got really um he was very unlucky to I not move the ball forward. It was his fourth different position in the last few weeks as well. So I mean, not a lot of consistency for him. Uh being asked to do a lot of things that he probably doesn't want to. So um that's, but apparently he's not good enough for Chelsea is is the reaction that I'm saying. So that's that's good stuff. Um but Dest is anyways uh <laughs> <laughs> yep. Other results around uh, the league in this midweek uh, match week uh, uh, from Tuesday, Leicester beating Liverpool one nothing, which was a pretty big surprise. Uh, Mohamed Salah, my fantasy captain and Dan's missing a penalty, uh, then missing the rebound and then missing the third attempt. So fucking fantastic from him. Uh, but I will take the result all day long. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Chelsea are in second. Uh, Watford. Uh, pretending like they were serious in this match against West Ham before losing 4-1. Uh, Spurs drawing with Southampton 1-1. Um, not not great from them whatsoever, which is also good to see that we're not the only ones st- uh, struggling. And Palace uh, emphatically whipping the shit out of Norwich 3-0. Uh, so that was fun to see. No Connor there, unfortunately. Uh, then today, we obviously had Chelsea drawing with Brighton 1-1 and Man City uh, just squeaking by Brentford 1-0. Again, I, wa- I think most of us probably watched the last 30 minutes of that, and there was nothing of note to watch. So table as it stands, Dan, uh, Manchester City uh, obviously in first place. They played all 20 matches. Uh, they're on 50 points, plus 40 goal difference, absolutely just bossing the league right now. Uh, Chelsea in second on 20 matches played with 42 points and a plus 29 goal difference, which is nothing to scoff at. And Liverpool dropping to third with only 19 matches played. Uh, and 41 points, who we play next. So obviously that'll be a big, big one for us in the, um, I guess, as Nick will put it, the top four challenge and making sure we stay stay towards the top of that one. Well, I mean, it's uh, 
13 or, or 11 or 13 points better than we were at the same period last year. So if you're looking for positives, this is a, a way to try to deem some type of positive because at that same point in time, I actually think like United were top of the table Ugh. like in December last year, if you remember that. Um, and, you know, th this is um, we're not. 20 points behind at the moment or eight points behind. So that would be the other kind of positive. Um, I do think it sets up Liverpool to be our most critical match and probably season deciding um, match in terms of what direction are we looking to go. Um, and we're doing it with uh, a very limited squad. So well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're having this conversation in WhatsApp right now. Who do you start Sunday? Uh it's a it's a fun game that nobody wins actually so uh, <laughs> careful I mean careful playing who who do you honestly start I mean can can Lukaku really go again like he did today no can, can Havertz is not I mean back I mean Jorginho after what I saw today no Kovacic may, maybe but like he looked That's terrible a lot Conte clearly no. Chalaba barely I mean Chalaba and, and Christensen I mean that's just bad news bears all over the place Silva. one injured player in for another Silva hurt I mean you want to play Mark Alonso against Mo Salah Aspie's got to be getting tired just in general too oh he looked tired today I mean he's looked tired all year to be fair but like you're gonna have to play yeah. Pulisic probably right now at wing back like maybe Cal one of the two yeah, I mean, there the the group chat is talking about mountain to midfield and and maybe putting some you know Harvey I, I don't Vail. know Harvey Vale step on up ten behind a Havertz and Lukaku um, Havertz is not going to play coming. I mean, you try to get him on. sixty minutes or something and get him on at half. I mean, the limited numbers. It is an absolute mess. Uh, nonetheless. Look, it's going to have to be a game that we're going to have to play and toy around with. Uh, Chelsea play on Sunday, the 2nd of January. Uh, so excited to hear that Matt Law is going to be able to go celebrate a little bit. Uh, hopefully we all can too. But um, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, the shit schedule, one more, right? Would you say one more that we really have to get through? Uh, I'm assuming we'd all take a draw against Liverpool as it stands right now. I, well, I mean, here, here, here's the situation. Let, let's three just days say, after if, that, you got to play If we have won against Brighton, if we won against Brighton and then lost a draw against Liverpool, it'd have been like, oh my god, I can't believe it. But what if we draw against Brighton and then we win against Liverpool? Because again, Chelsea is always prime chaos and trophies, and so to me, like it just makes sense that we're going to win now on, on Sunday. Like that's just what's going to happen. You're crazy. So for an entire <laughs> month, from December sixteenth. To January 15th, Chelsea have played every th three or four days. They'll have had a match. And so January does not let up. I'm ready to bomb out of either the EFL or the FA Cup. In FA Cup, we're playing Chesterfield. Expect the kids to be out there for that one. Uh, I mean, this sucks. It, it is an absolute disaster. So um, the headache continues, sadly. But you, you kind of got to dig deep, do something against Liverpool, uh, then let the players go off to the AFCON uh, and kind of get ready to go from there. But it's uh, it's going to take a lot for Tuchel and the players to uh, turn this kind of little s sliding uh, streak of results around, and I don't blame them. It, it is a very tr tricky situation that's uh, not completely their fault, uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, it's a situation they're in, and we're going to have to figure it out. So, um 
I don't know. I'm hoping here, miraculously, Nick, that five more players are deemed fit and healthy and ready to go. So, Sure. What else can we do? All right. Anyways, let's just go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, thanks to all of our lovely listeners out there. Hope you've been enjoying the holidays. Uh, hope you've been getting some time off and some time with family and loved ones. Uh, again, really appreciate everything you guys have done. We just hit 700 episodes. That is absolutely crazy, hilarious. Uh, road to 800 now. Dan thinks it'll be around July, which again, blows the mind. So anyways, thanks everyone out there. Um, rest up a couple more days till we have our match. Enjoy bringing in the new year. 2022 is here before you know it. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.